This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. The morning show is on now. It's alright. KLAQ Studios in beautiful, sunny El Paso, Texas. Yeah, baby! The Buzz Adams Morning Show is back. Man, is this gonna rock or what? Thank you and good morning and welcome to the show, everybody, for this Thursday morning, July the 21st. And, uh... It's already in the mid-80s. It's going to be another scorching hot day. But at least we're not alone. Over 60 million Americans in 12 states are under extreme heat warnings. And now the, the Europeans, the British are getting in on it too. So very, very warm today. But guess what? It's always cool in the canyon. For Cool Canyon Nights, West Art presents our free concert music series every Thursday in the Cullicut Canyon Amphitheater. Coming up tonight, starting at 6 o'clock on the El Paso Community College stage, Dave Hamilton is going to perform. And then at 7, the action moves inside. Tribes is going to be on the West Art main stage inside the amphitheater. Tribes is an original rock mariachi group that also plays some rock covers. And uh, they describe themselves as a progressive neo-traditional mariachi group. We've got uh, three more weeks left for Cool Canyon Night. So keep in mind the concerts are free to attend. Find out uh, who else is coming. Next week, it's Funky Mungle. I'll give you a heads up on that because that's always a big night and always packed out for Funky Mungle. But go to the Must Read Bar of KLAQ.com, the KLAQ mobile app. Special thanks to our title sponsor all summer long, West Star, also White Claw, Coca-Cola SWB, Superior Sign and Lighting, and Johnson's Jewelers. We've got a lot that we're going to be getting to today. Uh, CASA is an organization. The CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. We're going to be talking to Abby Hopper from CASA, talking about the need for uh, volunteers and, of course, donations and what the mission of Court Appointed Special Advocates is at El Paso. And uh, how you could become a CASA volunteer, too. So we'll have that coming up later in the show today. Sports yesterday, except for the ESPY Awards, which were hosted by Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors. Steph is a good. Is there anything this guy isn't good at? Because he was really, really he was a good, good Yeah, good delivery. <gasps> good I was pattern. watching Steph. Yeah, he was funny. Right? And, you know, he's just this amazingly, revolutionarily good basketball player. Great basketball player. But he's also a fantastic golfer. Like, some guys just do everything good. He's a good golfer, too? Oh, yeah. Steph Curry, 
me, you know, people who just seem to be able to do it all. Just win. Yeah. Win, 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 win at life. <laughs> me and Steph. Uh, good morning, Nico and Jimmy. Good morning, Buzz Adams. This is a good look for you. God. I totally endorse the the skinny tie and let me see your shoes. I just need to check God, and make no. sure your toes go aren't going. Showing. I just want to enough sh- with his toe. Obsession. I know it's like He's you have looking a feet. <laughs> Bravo! He's got closed-toed shoes. Well, my dress sandals haven't come in yet. I just uh-huh. ordered them. Your dress sandals? There's, n- there's no such thing. I just ordered them from an Italian not, designer. Not since the days of the Roman Republic have there been such a thing as dress sandals. <laughs> uh, I had a show last night. Was that the Mad Hatter show? The Mad Hatter show. Did you wear that to the show last night? No, I didn't wear this. Um, but it was so late, and so, I'm so tired, and I can't do comedy the same way anymore. I ate such a big D last night. <laughs> it was meaty. <laughs> you didn't... Pro- your pro- Let me translate that. What he's saying is... Thank you. you. Oh, thank you, Buzz. I'm sorry. If I didn't realize, people wouldn't understand what yeah, I meant. <laughs> I was like, wow, Nico. Good. Good for you. <laughs> he, he bombed. Yeah. Oh, is that what that means? That's, yeah. that's what it means. Yeah. It's been a while since I've had, like, a big one, a girthy one like that. Yeah. Yeah. Your jaw still sore today? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's how we talk about our sets on the stage. God. You're how big was the one you ate? Oh, <laughs> enormous. <laughs> Veiny. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> my tonsils are still sore. I'm just waiting for Joanna to press the dump button. Right. And when are we going to get to? You're the one who started it. And this is awfully early to get started with the D humor. You guys suck. Um, but anyways, it was a very fun show. There was all my friends out last night. And uh, yeah, so good things are still happening at night in El Paso, even on a Wednesday. <laughs> all right. Um, Joanna, why don't you preview what we have coming up at Entertainment News? We'll get into the part of the show where we talk about what's coming up and what How the big topics I... of the day are. You know, top how, how are you going to follow that? Yeah. Well, it's the first day at Comic Con at the San Diego Comic Con. That's big news. Yeah, that is big news. <laughs> and fans are freaking out over a report that Henry Cavill might make an announcement to his return as the Man of Steel at mm. Comic Con. Yeah. I mean, I mean, who else is going to do it, right? Right. Man. Nobody is just that classically good looking. I know, he's so beautiful. He has a butt dimple in his chin. And it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it's called Tom Brady-style butt dimple. Yeah. That looks weird on Tom Brady. It looks beautiful on Henry Cavill. <laughs> and then he does the curly cue, just like Clark Kent. Uh, I can't even look at him. He's so beautiful. The movies that he's played Superman in have not been perfect movies. In fact, there's been a lot to criticize. Uh, but I don't think any of the criticism is about him. Right, I right. think everybody thinks he makes physically a great, a great Superman, uh, except for that time that he wouldn't shave off his mustache and they had to digitally remove it oh my from God, Justice that was League. So dumb, because he had to grow a mustache for Mission Impossible sixteen. Or and whatever they wouldn't let him shave. It. <laughs> they wouldn't let him shave it. Right, <laughs> Mission Impossible make Henry Cavill's lip look like a normal human lip after CGI removing a mustache, but. I mean, as far as him being Superman, I don't think there's... I think everybody's fine with that, right? Yeah, fans are freaking out. They're all for it. That's so cool. 
News, uh, Nico, what are we tracking in the news this morning? Uh, you might hear about some airlines that experienced turbulence yesterday. American Airlines had a flight uh, on its way to Alabama that was so turbulent Eight people ended up in the hospital. Two flight attendants and six passengers were hospitalized from their injuries after the plane made an emergency landing in Birmingham. Like, it was turbulent enough that they were being banged around inside the cabin and stuff? Exactly. And uh, so hopefully those flight attendants and six passengers get out of the hospital pretty soon. Also, uh, it looks like in the lifestyle news, the company behind Velveeta. You uh, familiar with Velveeta? I am uh, familiar with, we're talking about the the producer of fine cheese products. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely right. Well, now they're getting into <laughs> the alcoholic drink game. With cheese? Yep. They just created the Veltini. A what? Yeah. You, you interested in that? Yeah. Tell me what. Tell me what that. I mean, I don't want to try one. But. A new martini-inspired cocktail known as the Veltini will be available at select BLT restaurant group locations in New York, Washington D.C., and Charlotte, North Carolina. The drink contains cheese-infused vodka, Ugh. a garnish skewer of Velveeta-stuffed olives and shells, Ugh. all rimmed with cheese sauce. Veltini will retail for $15 during a special golden hour at each of the steakhouse locations. Wow. $15 to barf. <laughs> Does sound pretty gross. If you're not near a uh, location that's selling it, though, you can get a Veltini kit to make it yourself through Gold Belly. Is Velveeta, are they the uh, people who came up with the brilliant idea of um, easy cheese? The one that's in like an aerosol can. Uh, Do you know what easy cheese? Yeah, is? I know what easy cheese the, is. The okay, squeeze, there's, yeah. there's cheese whiz. It's cheese whiz. That's what it is. No, no, but this is in a can. Cheese whiz can, is in a can. Cheese whiz is in a jar. I thought. No, can. The, and it comes out like aerosol. Yeah. Well, oh no, you're right. Yeah. Oh right. wait, no, there is a can as well for it though. For cheese whiz. Oh, cheese yeah. whiz. Easy right cheese. Out. Cheese oh, whiz came up with easy gross. cheese. Who came up? Cheese Whiz. Cheese Whiz came up with Easy Cheese. Yeah. Joanna, you fan of the Easy Cheese? Oh, I do like the Easy Cheese. If I, and this has been this way ever since I was in college, mm -hmm. if I sit down with like some Ritz or any kind of cracker <laughs> uh -huh. and some Easy Cheese, Hell yeah. there's about an 80% chance I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish that can. Hell yeah. I can't the help whole myself. Can? Yeah, I can't help myself. <laughs> it's delicious. Leaning it, tower of cheese. And also it's fun the way cheese. The way it comes out of the <laughs> of the aerosol thing, like Play-Doh, and you can make little designs on the crackers. Mm -hmm. There's a character from a goofy movie played by Polly Shore who loves cheese. Cheese they buddy. Him in the in the can cheese. Yeah. So and he's on Max, check it out. Linen Tower, Tower of Cheese. <laughs> One of the truly, truly underrated masterpieces of 97. So, so absolutely. Is a goofy movie. So get your Veltini now. All right. Tonight on television, uh, all of the networks are carrying a two hour special, the Capitol Assault hearings uh, over on CBS. ABC's got Attack on the Capitol. Uh, NBC, January 6th hearings, the House investigates. And if you're following this, I guess Pat Ciplione gave some testimony that's supposed to really come out and say, well, you know, we'll kind of have to wait and see. But like firsthand accounts that 
Oh, yeah, when the January 6th attacks were going on, Trump was, wa- first of all, he was watching TV, but also parts he really liked, he would rewind and watch again. Really? So that's rumored to be part of the testimony in primetime. Are prime they also time. going to talk about like the day after that he made his speech and they have all these outtakes where they were like, no, 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 you can't say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do they release the outtakes? They're, 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 they're going they're to release going, them. Right. That's what they're supposed to be doing is, is the things that weren't, that he wasn't allowed by his, you know, the people... I mean, I'm sure Team Crazy would have signed off on anything, but uh, so that's on all three networks tonight, and over on FX on Hulu, the season premiere of American Horror Stories. This is the the anthology version of American Horror Stories that brings back a lot of the familiar faces from American Horror Story seasons past, uh, but kind of like a Twilight Zone. You know, every episode's a, a standalone story. Uh, one other thing, Nico, since you brought up stand-up comedy and eating a big one last night, a Minneapolis theater canceled a Dave Chappelle show due to criticism via social media. Really? Just hours before the show was about to yes. happen. Look, whatever you may think of Dave Chappelle, this doesn't impact Dave Chappelle as much as it does people who bought the tickets and were, you know, had maybe gotten a sitter if they were parents and right. made plans to go out. I mean, He's just gonna if you're going to make that decision, make it uh, days or weeks before, not hours when people have already got all their plans set. The First Avenue, which is the venue that Chappelle was going to play, stated that the comedian's uh, that Dave Chappelle's performance uh, was not going to be held there because of backlash to the booking uh, in a statement, First Avenue said, we hear you and we are sorry. I mean, probably a lot of the people that bought tickets and had a plan to go see Dave Chappelle are the ones who wanted an apology for that. Well, I mean, you just you made a really good point. It's not going to affect him that much. Well, his bottom paid, line. He'll yeah. get paid. Also, the show is moving to another venue. So, uh, you know, uh, Dave Chappelle still is going to perform or, or did. I guess it's already happened now. Uh, at the Varsity Theater, also located in Minneapolis. And the, uh, I guess the show went, went ahead that way. But, you know, if you're going to do something like this, don't do it where it makes it inconvenient for the people who, who bought tickets. It's a lot more inconvenient for them than it is for Chappelle. And I don't know if it makes you look that great to do it that close to when the show was supposed to go on anyway. All right, we've got a lot of ground to cover uh, today, a lot coming up on the show. Let's get things started with our late-night roundup. We like to kind of set the day up by tuning in and listening to what all the uh, late-night talkers were gabbing about last night. So here we go with late-night roundup. The big story right now, obviously, is the heat. Uh, As temperatures continue to reach record highs across the world, it's it's the type of heat where you get into... Way Joanna Barbo with Hollywood News and Entertainment Notes. So we've got that here in just a couple of minutes. Ah, let me check out this article. It says the most popular music decade right now is the 90s. Followed, right. followed by the current decade. Okay. Then the 80s. 
interesting. And it breaks it out here. So the 90s got the most responses of uh, Americans who say that that's their favorite music right now is music from the 90s. That's when the thong song came out, I think. <laughs> was me. Dumps like a truck. Truck, truck, I think truck. That was Guys like, like what? Early 2000s. It might have been early. Yeah. He, Joanne is right. It could have been early <laughs> 2000s. I remember being in the sixth grade and being like, what's a thong? Thong, 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 thong. Let me see thong. <laughs> Gangster's Paradise. Yes. Oh, Gangster's nice. Paradise, yeah. Wannabe. Yeah. Amish Paradise. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Amish Paradise. So uh, the share of Americans who say they, their favorite uh, decade of music is the 90s, 60 2020s with 57, which seems weird. I mean, we've only got two. Yeah, but there's a reason they call it pop music because it's popular right now. And coming in third, the 80s. I want to dispute that the 80s were all that great because you only hear the songs that were big hits. There were a lot of things that 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 got airplay that were just awful (laughs) that, that have not stood the test of time. Um, Joanna, yes. what decade do you think had has the best music from your perspective today? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the 90s. You're going 90s? Yeah. Nico, best uh, decade for Mbop. That's right. Hanson hit the seat about the same time. It was. Yes. What else was in the 90s? Like Macarena? Macarena? Macar- oh, the Macarena? I think Ricky Martin, as a solo artist, really got Living started. Lovey the yeah, Loka. That was the 90s. Got the Backstreet Boys. A lot of the uh, boy groups. Do you want to pick Britney out? Spears? Britney? Do you want to pick out a decade? Yeah, two thousands. You yeah. think the two thousands? Yeah, definitely. That's give me a few. Give me a leak. Yeah, that is. By the way, everybody loved your freak a leak reference yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> when? I forgot why we were doing. You did that. Uh, who let the dogs out by Bahamin? Okay, yeah. Was that two thousand? That was two thousand. Yep. Yeah. The year. I 2000. bet it was two thousand. It was two thousand. All right. Give me some more to back up your, uh, your Spice selection. Girls. Oh no, that's nineties. That's nineties. Wanna be your lover? Nineties. <laughs> Losing my religion by REM. Nineties. Oh, I'm on the nineties page. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you, Natalie Imbruglia? Instead torn? of just looking things uh, up, why don't you? Why, why don't you tell us? Explosion of Eminem. <laughs> yeah. In the two thousands. Right. Yeah, but Slim Shady was in the nineties, wasn't it? Yeah, but he really just. Exploded like in the 2000s. Well, uh, his his collaboration with Dr. Dre happened like in '99. So yeah, mostly the 2000s. I'd say. Yeah, because in 2000 in the 2000s is when you got guess who's back back again. again. Yeah. Jay Z, P I M P. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm a P I M P. I'm gonna pick out Dirt as off my your shoulders. F- Nelly, my favorite decade of music. Outcast. <laughs> I'm gonna pick the. The aughts, the zeros. Ah, nice. The yeah, aughts. what would you pick from the 2000s? No, 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 not the 2000s, the 1800s. <laughs> you had Mozart just burning up the charts. <laughs> you had this upstart handle. <laughs> you had Beethoven before he lost his hearing. That's classic stuff, you guys. <laughs> that is classic. <laughs> There's a reason they call it classical. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to pick the ni- I'm going to pick the 1970s because that's when Gordon Lightfoot 
did his best work, I feel like. All right. It was in the 70s. <laughs> Time for entertainment showbiz notes with Joanna Barber. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. I think everyone was waiting for the catch, and here it is. The cheaper ad-supported version of Netflix won't include everything that the ad-free version has. Oh, so you're going to be paying, or you're not going to pay, but you're going to have to watch ads. No, you are paying for ads. You're paying for, it's cheaper, it's just cheaper, but you're still paying. You get a discount, but you have to watch ads. ads, and you might not be able to see everything. They do say that it's an issue with outside content, so it looks like Netflix-created shows like Stranger Things, and Squid Game will still be included, but it looks like content outside of Netflix's studios. Well, you're well, going to have to wait for that. How about Love on the Spectrum? Is that a Netflix? Or? I think it is a Netflix thing. Okay. Wait, so they'll have all the original Netflix things, but... I mean, but, so the CEO of Netflix says that a vast majority of what Netflix offers will be available, but they are in conversations with various studios on content that isn't cleared yet. Mm-hmm. The ad version with uh, the version with ads is expected to launch in early 2023. After two years without an in-person Comic-Con, fans are definitely holding out for the appearance of a few heroes. Fortunately, the ongoing pandemic and the skepticism over whether the con will truly enforce those mask protocols won't keep the newest Caped Crusaders from braving the annual Nerd Fest that kicks off today in San Diego. Over at the famous Hall H, reports say that Henry Cavill will make a surprise appearance to talk about his return as the Man of Steel. Cavill hasn't played the role since 2017's Justice League. But, of course, there was also 2021's Zack Snyder's Justice League. His Hmm. version of Superman only had one solo movie, 2013's Man of Steel. So the Internet is very much happy about this possible return. Although we must stress that these are just rumors. So, of course, take him with a pinch of salt. Henry Cavill got to show up at Comic-Con, they think? They think he's going to be showing up at with Hall mustache H. With mustache or sans mustache? Sans mustache. At the okay. famous Hall H. Famous Hall H. Yeah, I have friends that go every year, or they oh, used wow. to before the pandemic, and I think there's this lottery system that they do where everybody gets online yep. at the same time, and you click, you refresh, refresh, refresh your page, and if you're lucky enough... You're going to be the one to get, get in, yeah. You know who I bet would get some? Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> Because she just sucks up all that That good luck energy. When it comes to directing horror movies, a lot of people think Jordan Peele is three for three. Both Get Out and Us were critical and commercial juggernauts, and the same appears to be happening with Nope, his third film. The fans ready to anoint him as the greatest of all time have one person firmly disagreeing, and that's Jordan Peele himself. Yesterday, a Peele fan gushed a bit too much online, saying, quote, I know this is a hot take, but at what point do we declare Jordan Peele the best horror director of all time? Okay, hold on a second. Right, he's like, can you think of another horror director that had three great films, let alone three in a row? I can't. Alfred Hitchcock? Alfred Hitchcock? <laughs> <laughs> of course, that overlooks John Carpenter's Halloween series, as well as the double digits of horror films he churned out in the 70s and 80s and beyond. The Thing is a classic. Mm-hmm. He is generally recognized as one of the greatest masters of the horror genre. John Carpenter's Vampires, he's done it in a lot of different subgenres, too. Yeah. You know, he's done, like, Slasher, he's done Zombies, he did whatever the thing was, you know. Alien. Alien. Yeah. Well, shape-shifting. You know one thing he hasn't done? What's that? Actually be a carpenter. <laughs> nice. 
When numerous people pointed out a Carpenter's track record, the fan tried to defend his point by saying, Halloween is a stone-cold classic, but the rest of his horror movies aren't great, in my opinion. He has some good ones for sure, but they're like cult classics in my mind. And that <laughs> is when Jordan Peele himself stepped in and replied, Sir, please put the phone down. I beg you. Sorry, I love your enthusiasm, but I will just not tolerate any John Carpenter slander. <laughs> I love John Get Out Hill. was a good horror movie. It was. It was. I might even say are it was. Are they psychological thrillers or are they horror? More psychological thrillers. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. and Us was Us pretty was cool. weird. I still sometimes try and figure out what the real okay, meaning is. Okay, after watching was. it like three times, I was like, I get it. That's amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And Have you watched it three times? Nope. <laughs> I haven't seen. Oh, I thought you were answering her question. Okay. Are we going to go watch Nope? Nope. You want to... <laughs> the answer's in the title. No, I, <laughs> I, I'm going to go see it. You want to go see it with me? Yes. I thought we were all going to go with Lisa. Oh. Remember? You, she, you're on her list now. Yep. Yep. I'll give you a director that has had two great horror movies in a row. And I, the guy who did Hereditary followed by Midsummer. Ari Aster. Ari Aster. Yeah, I can't wait to see what his next thing is because those have been excellent. Those have been great. And finally, every fandom has its dark side, but some, it must be said, are worse than others. Simon Pegg may be the leading expert on the topic, having appeared in several major franchises, including Mission Impossible. I was just thinking about this yesterday. He's Star Trek. Star, Star Trek. Trek. Star Go. Wars. Star Wars. Mission oh, more. Somewhere in Marvel? Has he done a Marvel thing yet? Not I'm sure so. he... Or not Harry Potter, right? No, no, no. Has he done a, He's done nothing Marvel? Think TV more. More TV. The Boys. I mean... Oh, yeah, he comes out on The Boys. <laughs> I forgot about that. Nah. Doctor Who. What? Doctor Who. Oh, in the newest ones, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, during an appearance on Sirius XM's Jim and Shaw Show, Peg was asked which franchise is, in his extensive experience, it has the hardest fans to please. This was his response. To be honest, and as someone who kind of was, you know, kicked off about the prequels in the and uh, when they came out, the Star Wars fan base really seems to be the most kind of toxic at the moment. I'm probably <laughs> being very controversial to say that. I, I mean, I'm out of it now. I'm not. I don't sort of. I've apologized for the things I said about, you know, Jar Jar Binks, because, of course, there was a f***ing actor involved yeah. there, and he was getting a lot of flack, and it wasn't a, you know, a, a, a camp rabbit. It was a human being. Right. And and, and because it got a lot of hate, he, he, he suffered, you know, and I feel terrible about being part of that. You know, in Spaced, in our comedy show, my character was always ragging on those films, but really that was just me talking about how much I didn't like them. <laughs> Wait, in what was his character ragging on the on the prequels? I don't remember. What did he play in Star Wars? Well, he, he was okay. He's the guy who, in uh, the Force Awakens, you remember Ray has to go in and buy food with the stuff she scavenges. Uh -huh. He's the big alien who's like, "That will buy you one half portion." Oh, I don't know the character's name, but that was that was no, him. Right. So he came out of the uh, British comedy scene, and he had this his own one man show. I'm not sure if it was considered stand up at that point. And then he also did, I think, television or some stuff for for the BBC. So I assume he's he lucky. has had a career that any nerd dreams of. Yeah, being in so. Star Wars, Star Trek, and I didn't even know Doctor Who, but I guess Doctor All Who. All the Edgar Wright movies. All the right. Edgar Wright movies. I guess too. what he's saying is in those shows or his stand-up or one-man show or whatever, he made fun of 
Star Wars and Jar Jar Binks a lot. And he feels bad mm-hmm. because that's bad. toxic fandom. Yeah. Well, or contributing to it, maybe. Mm-hmm. On the other end of the spectrum, he also mentioned which franchise has always been very inviting. Like, I find the Star Trek fans have always been very, very <laughs> inclusive. You know, Star Trek's <laughs> about diversity. It has been since... 1966, it always was. There's no sort of like, oh, you're suddenly being woke now. Star Wars, Star Trek is woke from the beginning, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought of that before. Always woke. Okay. Multi-ethnic, multi-generational. And the the, eth- the ethnic representation, they weren't, you know, the janitors, they were part of the, the officer crew. crew. Yeah. They were part of the deck crew. And that was something since the 60s. I mean... First interracial kiss yeah. on network oh, yes. television. Yeah, they've been woke Star for a while. Amazing. First inter-sibling kiss was Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Star Trek, known for breaking down color barriers. Star Wars, Star Wars. incest. Brothers and sister kissing. Well, with your entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. These guys aren't good at much. They sure do. Make me laugh. <laughs> All right, about a quarter hour, uh, quarter of an hour, Nico's going to have uh, news headlines headed our way. Mm-hmm. Q Connected coming up on Sunday. It's our new and local rock feature show. Q Connected on Sundays from 5 to 7. Some of the new rock, brand new stuff we're going to let you hear. A just released fan track from Slipknot, like something Slipknot did just for the hardcore fans. So if you are a true Slipknot fan, you'll want to check this out. And I Prevail has a new album called True Power that's coming out soon. And we are going to debut the first song from the upcoming I Prevail album. Q Connected's also about the local rock scene and some of the bands, uh, El Paso bands and Borderland bands in the spotlight. The Sullivans. Tale of Giants, Cigarettes After Sex, and Fools Like Me. Sunday 5 to 7, it's Q Connected, brought to you by The Rock House, 9828 Montana. Follow them on Facebook for a schedule of all their upcoming shows. Q Connected, Sundays 5 to 7 on 95.5 KLAQ. I've got a uh, neckline call. Uh, let's see. I noticed that it is from Odessa. Sometimes it'll tell you like where the call is from. So that means... Possibly okie dokie guy. Mm-hmm. What's up, Mo Show? It's ODG. Got it. I have an idea for a article y'all can do. Y'all should do an article on this mysterious publish button. This almighty publish button that confuses and confounds y'all. I want a picture of this button, this publish button. I want a picture of it on the website. I want to see what it looks like. I recently heard. I recently heard a smart woman. Say on the podcast that radio will only die if radio people let it die. Let it die by not pushing publish. <laughs> okay, Doug. Oh my God. All right. Yeah, seriously. Do, do you know oh what my he, God. Every yeah. time there's. Get over yourself, Okie Dokie Guy. <laughs> every time Okie Dokie Guy, and he's right 100% of the time, points out that a podcast didn't go up when it's supposed to. <laughs> I guess you guys always say, oh, I must have forgot to hit the publish button. He wants to actually see the publish button. Where do I send it to you, ODG? All right. Yeah. There is really like a publish button. Yes, there is. Does it say a publicar? Nice, buzz. 
<laughs> it says you put it says status and then status and then you have to press publish. And the wise woman oh. on a podcast, are you talking about you? Yes. What, what what's that called? You were talking about the future of radio. Let yes. me hear what. Let me hear your take that on was, that. Uh, when I was on conversing with Chris and Misa, and we were talking about the future of radio, and I mentioned like you know radio is not going to die just because some random dude is like, oh I don't listen to the radio. No, it's going to die because we let it die. The radio people. Yeah, and pressing publish is for podcasts. That's for podcasts. Not so radio. Do not radio. Okey-dokey. Do you know when you can hear radio? Right now. Right now on the radio. Ogg. Wait, wait. Not when he, this is yeah, no, he's later. talking about he, the, no, he's, he's talking about the podcast. Yes, no, sure. but when he was saying the, uh, the future of radio will only uh, die if you let it die, uh, it has nothing to do with us pressing publish to keep radio alive. Okie dokie, guy. Do you know <laughs> this is a podcast. This is a podcast, and one that we don't really owe you. I mean, uh, for the I forgot to the press after publish. buzz. I wouldn't say. I'm sorry, I think, ODG. Look, ODG is a super fan. He is a super fan. He I is. Love I know him. He do means we do well. to appreciate. Nourish and cherish. That's a good those point. kind of fan. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I almost feel like yeah. he's somebody in my family. He does, has good intentions. Actually, he, he's kind of like a stool pigeon. Like whenever we get a call, it's like there was no podcast. Then I can I crack. Like, Nico, what happened? The we whole time, I'm day. like, what is this you're talking about? <laughs> and it finally clicked to me. <gasps> I didn't publish the podcast. I thought he was talking about publishing our articles. <laughs> Oh, wait, from did yesterday, you, you mean? Did you not publish? I didn't publish yesterday's. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, okay, yeah. See, it happens. Whatever. Wait, but see, the publish is just clicking a button, right? All the work is before you get to that point. Right. That's where all the work Yeah, but sometimes what you can do is being up, you can upload it and then you know save it as a draft. Do you know things I have to do yeah. after the show? If, if we had a meeting yesterday. I had production to do. And so if she's working on multiple things, she could have uploaded the podcast but still had that window open. Exactly. Left it as a draft. I mean. It's, it's there as a draft until I say it's a published. You know what, ODT, uh, you're going to get it when I say you get it, all but right? But you know what, <laughs> Buzz, Buzz is just as out of the loop. As ODG is, because you have no idea how any of this works, Buzz. You have no idea how we get things done. You have no idea. No. You don't even know what the page to publish things look oh, like. Oh, man. And I had a good title for yesterday's. Where's my little paper? Yeah, I don't know how my car engine works, but when it does it, I want it to, you know, I want it to be fixed. So, Do you work in the car industry? No. Okay, then why wouldn't you know about the industry you work in? Because you guys do this stuff. Is it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Somebody was asking today or yesterday like um, about air conditioning, and I guess there's somebody in the app chat who works for an air conditioning service, and he goes, man, how could they go out and fix Buzz's air conditioning and not oh, call I see that. me? And like then, the guy was like, they didn't tell me to they go. They didn't tell me. And then they were talking about it, and then they were even getting mad at wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. So there's somebody in the, in the app chat who works on air conditioners? It's a guy who works for a company that went to fix your air conditioning. Oyeme. Oyeme. All right. <laughs> so he's saying, oh, that sucks. They went out and fixed Buzz's air conditioning. He works for the same company that fixed your air conditioning. And he, but he wasn't the guy. He wasn't the guy. And the guy he's mad went. because they didn't tell him. That but then he said that he had also told you, you separately, separately, like, hey, I can go check it out for you. And I remember. Well, but if it's in the app no, 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 chat, no, no. I don't see I, it I rem- in the app chat. No, 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 you do, because I remember this. He told, he, Airbender, he told us this maybe months ago. Uh, Airbender's or, also on the Facebook chat. That's so. the one I'm talking about, the okay. Facebook chat. So Airbender had told us that he could have fixed your air conditioner. I think last year, whenever we got your air conditioning replaced for the the, the summer. 
Anyways, he said, everybody in that chat was like, why didn't Buzz just tell us? Why didn't Buzz just ask us? Why didn't Buzz just... Because they're blaming you. For, you should have remembered that well, Airbender did I, this. And I mean, at first I called the people who had done the work back... Uh, I, I, it wasn't that long ago. I think it was May. They had come in and done like a tune-up for pre-summer. Sure. And yeah. so I filters. called them. And they were like, well, we can't do it until a week from Monday. Meantime, it's like 90 degrees downstairs. I just had to basically <laughs> go with whoever I could get out there to do it. Well, then quick. I, at some then, point, well, you're just like, who so can do it the quickest? So did mention like how it ran. You didn't have to call anybody. You didn't call anybody because you don't do anything for yourself. <laughs> you you don't do anything for yourself. It was the bosses here that work here, and they were able to organize somebody to come out. And then in the app chat, they're like. Buzz doesn't didn't call on his own. The bosses organized that for him. I was like, yeah, pretty much because Buzz because well, they have connections with customers. One that we work with, and two, Buzz doesn't know how to do anything for himself. Whether it's call air conditioning people to come out and and do that. Whether it's to get no, I anything had called. Fixed. I had called the other one. Whether the it's one, how the radio works uh, and how podcast publishing works. It's like you are full of. <laughs> I consider myself a specialist. I specialize in what I do. In what and guess you what? Do. When it comes to something else, I would rather hand it off to a he specialist in that it, field. Yeah. But you, you didn't even like go to. Wait, you're saying that Brad and Kevin are the specialists in getting things done for you? No, actually, Brad just heard me saying when I got back. Last week, remember, I just got back from vacation. I was like, I came out and I found out my air conditioning's out. They can't work on it till a week from Monday. He heard that I'm on the air. I'm here for all of those conversations, and it's always like, do you want me to call for you, buddy? Do yeah. You want, do you want me to do this? Like, let's help set this up for okay. you. I do like how your girlfriend called and was like, okay, you have to talk to the guy. Oh, oh because told she, me that I had to talk to the guy? Yeah. Oh, because they you just spoke somebody English? somebody there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so okay, the point is, my air conditioner. Okay, now, ODG guy. God, I'm going out. I'm pretty sure it expert HVAC is who did it. No, and they did a great job. I and mean, it's yeah. really great. Really? So, well, because the they, they replaced it completely. They yeah, did they, a huge install. To, so, 11 years is all my my AC lasted. Is that about average for the life <sighs> lifespan of a of an eight? Didn't you have and, a warranty and, on and, that? Yeah, but it's a 10 year. Really? Yeah, oh it's a 10-year, and then it conks on the 11th year. Isn't that just the way? People are saying, like, eh, they could last 15, but they they could last. Somebody told me I did it to myself by running it at, like, 68. They said, uh, somebody told me you're not ever supposed to run it below 70 because it can cause damage to that. some of the, the coils elements. or something. Yeah, right. It says 15 to 20 years, while every unit yeah. is different. 11 seemed a little... I like how everyone kept asking, like, didn't you check it throughout the years? Like, nope. And you're all like, nope. well, I've had it as since 2011. As long as it's working, I don't even think about <laughs> that, it. You know, that could have been a big issue is yeah. that you didn't change filters out. Well, I, I would do I, it once a year, but I, somebody says you're supposed to do it once a month. You hadn't done it seemed- once a year. When I was living at the house, we got the guy over, and it was like, when's the last time you changed the filters? You're Three years? It. You I, couldn't ever remember? Yeah, you're gonna three years. And it's I like, think somebody do it every month. I think you're, somebody might have called in a favorite. I appreciate it if they did because I didn't have to wait <laughs> till a week from Monday. They came out pretty quickly and did it. Oh, good for them. But I'm told that if you do have the misfortune of your of your HC of of your AC rather your HVAC conking out, expect long waits to get the work done because 
you know, we're in a crisis mode here. It's like red alert weather right, no. situation. So this is kind of what you get when you call uh, HVAC number and try to get some work done. Thanks for calling the air conditioner repair company. All of our agents are busy with other customers. Stay cool and please stay on the line. All right, this doesn't help. We're very sorry your air conditioner isn't working on a sweltering day like today. Your call will be answered in the order it was received. So just chill with some tunes and someone will be with you shortly. I can't chill. Oh, my God. It's 93 in my house. Oh, you poor, miserable thing. You probably should have replaced the filter a month or so ago. Yeah, It sucks to be you, but your call is important to us. Please, don't sweat it and hold on. That's enough. Uh, So hopefully your AC is going to hold out, and hopefully you've got the good sense to do uh, regular maintenance, I guess, on your own uh, (laughs) AC. Let's take a break. When we come back, Nico and Jimmy are next with news headlines on the way. Townsfolk in India had a marriage ceremony for two frogs to bring rain, and it worked. All the details next. In news. And all they had to do was marry a frog. With Buzz Adams. I thought he was crazy. I love him. Funny and off the wall. Buzz in the morning. It's entertaining every day. Something else. The Buzz Adams Morning Show. Monday through Friday, 5 to 10. KLEQ and KLEQ HD1 El Paso. A town square media station. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo at 4001 Dyer. That's the corner of Dyer and Monroe. And this Saturday between 6 and 8, you could walk away with your body art, but also a free CD courtesy of KLAQ. KLAQ is going to be at Pumping Ink Tattoo on the corner of Dyer and Monroe. And we're going to have free CDs to give away. There'll be additional giveaways from Dreadful Things. You can also sign up to win free haircuts from Vintage Barbershop. That's all happening on Saturday between 6 and 8 in the evening at Pumping Ink Tattoo 4001 Dyer. Time to get to our news headlines for today. With your top stories of the day, here's Nico and Jimmy. Good morning, Nico. Good morning, Buzz. Think you're hot? You're not alone. The United States is being hit with a scorching heat wave that's causing record temperatures across the country. In fact, 28 states issued heat warnings yesterday, while on the same day, Oklahoma and Texas reached temperatures of 115. Have you talked to your mom? I I was just about to call her yesterday. And then I realized it was Wednesday, and she's probably in church. <laughs> you know, any time in the news I see the word Oklahoma, I'm going to ask you. Did I call my mom? <laughs> For yesterday, no, but I th- seriously considered it. Please do it today. Most of the Midwest is expected to reach 10 degrees higher than average for this time for the year, and that's according to the National Weather Service. Uh, The NWS is also issuing their own excessive heat warnings in states like Arizona, California, Nevada, and several others. For the record, heat advisories now stretch from the East Coast to the West Coast, and power grids are being pushed to the limits. If you're cranking the AC, officials are suggesting you set your unit to 78 degrees. (laughs) 
<laughs> What's the point of having an air conditioner? To give the infrastructure a break. Uh, I said mine at 78. Uh, I'm not going to give them a break. Yeah. Also, I, I got you know, air conditioning for a reason, not to sit there and swelter at 78 degrees. It also costs a lot to run it more than that. I mean, the electricity alone. Of I, all the things that I don't mind shelling out for, cold air in my house. <laughs> yeah. Is top of the list. Here is New York Governor Kathy Huachel, uh on some tips for New Yorkers during this heat wave. Am I potted? Out in the peak hours, stay out of it, stay hydrated, keep your pets inside, check on your neighbors, uh, be aware of any other uh, induced illnesses. So just look out for everybody. President Biden is pledging to tackle climate change through executive actions due to the inaction in the 50-50 Senate. The White House says he'll still consider a declaration of a national climate emergency. The effects of an emergency declaration, though, are unclear. Speaking in Massachusetts, Biden tallied recent climate change and extreme weather events, calling it a clear and present danger. He said climate change is an existential threat and a code red for humanity. Biden cited Western wildfires and extreme heat waves across the U.S. He said extreme weather, it's hurting businesses. Meanwhile, it's not clear how much this will help Mr. Biden politically. According to a new Quinnip- Quinnip- Quinnipiac poll, his approval rating is hitting a new low. Just over 31 percent of American adults approve of his job at the moment. The president is doing uh, also 60 percent disapprove of him right now. More than 70 percent don't want Biden to run for a second term. Here is President Biden talking about climate change and its threat to the country. I have a responsibility to act with urgency and resolve when our nation faces clear and present danger. And that's what climate change is about. As president, I'll use my executive powers to combat climate, the climate crisis in the absence of congressional action. Extreme weather disrupts supply chains, causing delays and shortages for consumers and businesses. Climate change is literally an existential threat to our nation and to the world. A federal grand jury has indicted two Texas men after dozens of migrants were found dead in a hot truck during a smuggling operation. Officials say the driver of the truck, Omero Zamorano, and the planner of the operation, Cristian Martinez, could face life in prison or the death penalty if convicted. As we told you, the bodies of 53 migrants were found packed inside a sweltering hot 18-wheeler in San Antonio just last month. The two suspects have been charged with transporting and conspiring to transport migrants, illegally resulting in death. It's believed to be the deadliest human trafficking case in modern U.S. history. Over the weekend, a man drove his pickup truck into a family as they walked near Glacier National Park in Montana. He then jumped out and started shooting at them. Authorities now say that the man, Derek Amos Madden, was killed by Christina Siao in the group when Madden ran out of ammunition. David Siao of Syracuse, New York, and Siao's 18-month-old daughter, Mackenzie, were killed. Madden is said to have had a previous relationship with Christina, who was critically wounded along with David's wife, Christy. Two other children ran away from the scene and were not wounded, according to officials. Wait, was this a case where a victim had a gun and shot back and killed the attacker? Yes. Is that what this... Okay, so that's an, that's another one. Well, it sounds like the victim had a relationship with the attacker. But No, no, but you said who somebody shot the attacker? Or did I misunderstand the story? Was killed... David... Derek Amos Madden was killed by Christina Siao in the group. All right. When Madden ran so out of ammunition. So she must have been 
packet, right? I believe so. Okay. Madden is said to have had a previous relationship with Christina. Okay. And she was critically wounded along with David's wife, Christy. Two other children ran away from the scene and were not wounded, according to officials. What, what I'm trying to get clarification on, is this another case of a uh, good guy with a gun? In a sense, yes, I guess, but but it sounds like they all knew each other. Okay, and, and so it wasn't like a random mass shooting. No, there was some kind of beef going on. But still, she had a relationship with a guy. Okay, she was either formally dating. But or... She did use it. Sounds like uh, her own firearm to protect herself and kill the person who was who was killing them. Yes. People. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Madden had been working in East Glacier Park. The FBI is investigating the case along with regional officials. The House committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol is set to hold a primetime hearing tonight. What's on tap? Overall, a minute-by-minute accounting of what then-President Donald Trump did that fateful day for more than three hours. As we've told you before, we'll also hear from two former White House officials, Matthew Pottinger, who served on former President Trump's National Security Council, and White House aide Sarah Matthews. Both resigned shortly after the attack. Pottinger... He says the moment that Trump tweeted that Pence should have had more courage is the moment he decided to quit. We're also supposed to hear more from former Trump attorney Pat Cipollone, who was all who was already corroborated much of what former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson testified to. What does Mr. Trump have to say? Not much. At last check on his Truth Social account, Trump was remarking about his late wife, Ivana, who was laid to rest yesterday. As for the hearing, it set to air across various networks starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I saw that story about uh, Trump and the three three kids that he had with uh, Ivana at the funeral, and I was just really wondering if Melania went. Like, did Melania go I to... I saw pictures of Melania and Barron. Has anyone seen Melania lately? <laughs> yeah, I saw a, a picture of uh, Melania and Trump went to a memorial yesterday. Oh, okay. And Barron is about I do Seven foot tall. Yes. Is, he's seven, right? He's a tall kid, yeah. No, no. He's like six foot six, though. Yeah. He's still a he, teenager. He towers above his dad. Yeah. Got those model genes <laughs> from his mom. American investigators say they found what might be a priceless Fabergé egg on a super yacht seized from a Russian oligarch. U.S. Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco said yesterday that the yacht is currently docked in San Diego Bay after it was sailed from Fiji last month. U.S. law enforcement officers seized the $300 million yacht as one of the sanctions on wealthy Russians over the country's invasion of Ukraine. If the jeweled egg found on board turns out to be genuine, it would be one of the few remaining in the world and worth millions. It's said to be one of the more interesting finds on these ships. That'd be cool to have a Fabergé egg. I guess. I don't know what the big deal is with them. I've heard about these super expensive Fabergé eggs that were made for the Russian czars back yeah. in the olden days. but By a dude named Fabergé. Fabergé. I guess his name was Fabergé. <laughs> And I thought, oh, they look cool, but I bet you can get a copy for like 10 bucks. And it's not like you're allowed to take them down and handle them or anything. No, I think they're considered like national icons. If you really like the way it looks, you could get like a (laughs) order one from Wish for probably like six bucks. Do you think the the same thing about engagement rings? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. That's a big scam. 
the idea of you need to spend three months' salary on a ring it was that just created by ring, people who sell rings. Right. <laughs> Joanna and I have a lot. I mean, we're on the same page on a lot of stuff when it comes to what we think of as common sense, I've noticed. <laughs> right? Why would you spend $20,000 and then $60,000 yeah. on a wedding? Yeah. Sock that money and it's live your insane. life. Yeah. You know what? I'm happy with an onion ring. Just show me some <laughs> commitment, dude. Yeah. You guys, I can't wait for your marriage, okay? <laughs> Watch each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, give me an onion ring, Buzz. It would be very practical. <laughs> <laughs> Steph Curry is the big winner at this year's ESPY Awards. Yeah, he did a really good job. Steph Dude, Curry that is guy's funny. really, really got good timing. And, and on top of that, he's the best basketball player in the world right now, arguably. Right. yeah. The annual ceremony honoring the year's top athletes and athletic performances was held in Los Angeles Wednesday night with Steph Curry as the host. He even sang. The NBA star also picked up some major awards during the ceremony, including Best NBA Player and Best Record-Breaking Performance for Scoring the Most Three-Pointers in NBA History. Here, I, I have his audio. All right. Uh, Do you have the singing? Because I kind of can't just to hear that. I got it all. Yeah, let me hear the singing. All right. Here is uh, uh, Steph Curry uh, talking about being the host. I am the second NBA player to host this award show which is kind of crazy to think about. LeBron James, he hosted the, uh, this award show back in 2007 after losing in the NBA Finals. <laughs> so, yes, uh, you guessed it. This, uh, this feels better. This feels better. The award show wasn't also without its uh, more serious moments. Here is uh, Steph Curry talking about Brittany Griner, the imprisoned uh, WNBA uh, player in Russia. Brittany isn't just on the Phoenix Mercury. She isn't just a member of her team in Russia. She isn't just an Olympian. She's one of us, the team of athletes in this room tonight and all over the world. A team that has nothing to do with politics or global conflict. And from playing on the court to singing on the stage, this is Steph Curry. I, I love him. I think he's awesome. <laughs> he made this joke where he was like, Tom Brady is the only guy I know that would go back to work just to get away from his model wife. Or something like that. I butchered right. it. That's interesting. Uh, the ESPY Award for Best Athlete in Men's Sports went to Los Angeles Angels pitcher Shohei Otani. Oh, yeah. Not only great pitcher, slugger, too. Really? Oh, yeah. The award... For best, best athlete in women's sports went to Olympic gold medal swimmer Katie Ledecky. The legendary broadcaster Dick Vitale won the Jimmy V Award for Perseverance. And Jim offered, Valvano. Oh, interesting. And offered the most epic speech of the night, clocking in at 20 minutes. I just got two more stories. I don't know if you want to break. Where do you want to power through? Um, yeah, break. All right. There's like there's a little voice in my head that tells me that we should probably take a break. Well, then I'll let you know about those two Indian frogs and how they oh. made it rain. Oh, that's right. We need to know about that.
if I can get two frogs to go at it, maybe I can get some rain over at my place. Is that what you're telling me? Pretty much. Okay. Uh, let's take a break. We'll find out more about that and more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is on the way right after this. The local guys. The morning show that's lost. All right. We've uh, we've got a guest from uh, Casa. That's one of our Million Coins for Kids uh, uh, charities or uh, some of the money when we do Million Coins for Kids rock auctions and things like that go to CASA, which is for court-appointed special advocates. And we're going to have somebody from that very fine organization talking about their need for volunteers and more coming up. But back to our news headlines. We uh, in the home stretch here. Just a couple more stories. That's, Nico? That's right. Well, Velveeta is unveiling its latest creation, and it's got a kick. A new martini-inspired cocktail known as a Veltini will be available at select BLT restaurant group locations in New York, Washington, D.C., and Charlotte, North Carolina. The drink contains cheese-infused vodka. That's right. Cheese-infused <laughs> vodka. Joanna, I looked up the recipe. It uh-huh. says you're supposed... It's All it is is the Velveeta cheese sauce, and you mix it with vodka, and you let it sit for 24 hours. <laughs> The drink also contains a garnish skewer of Velveeta stuffed olives and cheese, all rimmed with cheese sauce. The Veltini will retail for $15 during special golden hour at each steakhouse location. The senior vice president of BLT described it as a delicious, over-the-top cocktail. The reaction of Twitter users, on the other hand, seems to be as strong as the drink itself. If you're not near a location selling the concoction, you can get a Veltini kit to make it yourself through Gold Belly. Joanna? I'd say this is good for people who want to quit drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Joanna, Are you an alcoholic? Have you tried all the other cessation (laughs) methods? Try cheese-infused martini. Try the Veltini. Okay, I looked at the website for Gold Belly where they're selling the kit. Uh, $50, Joanna. Selling a kit? A kit. $50. For $20, I will make one for you. Okay, with the kit, though, you get (laughs) two martini glasses, a gold cocktail shaker, two Velveeta coasters that say, Livin' Velveeta Loca. (laughs) Livin' Velveeta Loca. Velveeta. A jar of olives, cocktail picks, a box of Velveeta jumbo shells and cheese, Velveeta cheese sauce for infusing the vodka and garnishing the rim, a Velveeta brick of cheese for stuffing the olives, and a Velveeta recipe card. Do you like Velveeta? Do you like vodka? Do you hate yourself? Drink this. (laughs) When it comes to these weird food combinations, they're doing some pretty amazing things. But I want to quote one of my favorite scientists of all time, uh, theoretical physicist Dr. Ian Malcolm, who said, You were so busy trying to find out if you could do it, you didn't stop to ask yourself, Should I do this? I think he was talking about the nuclear bomb. He was right. talking about uh, dino DNA. <laughs> oh, was that the dino DNA yeah, one? Yes. I missed that. I totally thought you were talking about real science. No. <laughs> this is a famous conversation Dr. Ian Malcolm had with paleontologist, paleobotanist, Dr. Ellie. I forget her last uh, name. Oh, oh, I think I meant Jeff Goldblum. I'm talking about the Jeff Goldblum scene, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right, finally, there may be something to some old traditions. People in Gorkhpur, India, have been dealing with 
drought and heat waves, just like much of the rest of the world. But to find some relief, they turned to an old tradition. They found two frogs, adorned them with flowers and plants, then held a wedding ceremony for the amphibians. It's supposedly said to bring rain. Hundreds watched the event, which involved priests and everything. That was Tuesday. Yesterday, it rained. And not just a little bit. We're talking heavy downpours. So maybe frogs are the answer to our drought? Could we use West Texas horn frogs if we couldn't find regular frogs? I think so. As long as the frogs... Could we hitch up a couple of horny toads? <laughs> I mean, they're already horny. So, <laughs> so you, know, they're, you know, they're down. As long as the frogs aren't gay. According to Alex Jones, <laughs> I'm sure that we could do it. Uh, I'm just wondering what decorations they got, what clothes they got for the frogs. Yeah, a little <laughs> tiny tuxedo, a little, little tiny frog. No, that's a dancing frog. That's the Warner Brothers frog. That's different. Hello, my honey. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my ragtime gal. Yes. And Everybody the- loves the Michigan <laughs> With the news, I'm Nico. Uh, Let's go back a little bit to some of what uh, President Biden had to say. Yesterday, he was talking about uh, the climate crisis and saying, well, he didn't do much in the way of executive action yesterday, but said that uh, he might in the future. As president, I have a responsibility to act with urgency and resolve when our nation faces clear and present danger. And that's what climate change is about. It is literally, not figuratively, a clear and present danger. Uh, you were telling me you saw somebody uh, post something about climate change, and you were surprised that there were so many people who believe the whole thing is a hoax, especially, you know, I'd expect that from people who are my mom's age, like in their 80s, right. to think that the whole thing is just it's a just hoax. a hoax, this or that. And you were surprised at how many people who appeared to be in their... 20s, and yeah, 30s, 40s who think the whole thing is just co- something cooked up by politicians to fool everybody and whatever. Yeah, he used the words cooked up, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my friend posted something that said, and he's a pretty moderate guy that I knew, but he said, uh, you know, uh, he said, I'm not trying to question anything, but does all this climate science seem like it's being uh, blown out of proportion or that's real? And that everybody underneath was just like, no, it's definitely like, uh, propaganda. They've been saying we're going to die for years. They've been saying the world's going to end for years, that climate change is going to destroy us, and it's never happened. You know, we just keep going. 2013 right, didn't okay. happen. All right. Well, let's. What was 2013? I guess the Mayan calendar. I mean, 2012. The, uh, 2012, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, when your scientific argument brings up that. that movie with uh, John Cusack, <laughs> maybe you're not on firm scientific ground. Uh, okay. I was surprised, though, because, yeah, they were all my age. Here's the thing, though, and you've, you've really got to, it's, it's counterintuitive. It's an emergency, but it doesn't happen all at once. Right. You know, the effects of climate change, you're not going to see, like, let's go ahead and use that movie, that 2012. You're not going to see it all happening. Wait, was Yeah, was at that, once. Yeah. This is going to be, and we are seeing the effects. We're seeing these extended drought periods. We're seeing uh, record temperatures across the globe. Now, here's the thing. I'm not a climate scientist, but when I'm going to formulate an opinion on this, people, actual climate scientists are the people that I'm going to listen to. Well, you're going to go with the mainstream people, everybody with an agenda that gets paid by big 
uh, look, if this climate. was if this is not a situation <laughs> where where climate scientists are split 50-50 down the middle. Not even close. Mm-mm. This is not a thing where it's like, well, 90% of climate scientists believe uh, climate change, global warming is happening. That that's not accurate. 97% of actual climate scientists say not only is uh, global warming a fact, but they're willing to say pri- primarily or largely caused by man-made activity, by human mm-hmm. activity, you know. I guess which is two different points. One, you could say, yeah, the world is getting warmer, but is it being caused by humans? Now, there are... S- when it comes to is global warming happening or is climate change happening or the world is getting warmer, that is 100% among published climate scientists. Now, you could go to a scientist who is a, you know, in some other field or discipline. A lot of times when you see something that's like climate scientist against the mainstream view, you get people who are not. Well, I'm a political in, scientist. Right. <laughs> You got to go with people who dedicate their lives to this sort of thing and taking core samples in the right. Antarctic. People who go to Antarctica to take core samples so they can see what the temperature was like twenty thousand years ago. Um, and if you're dealing with that set of people, you are at one hundred percent that climate change is happening. And as far as climate change being primarily caused by human activity among climate scientists, that's ninety-seven percent. That's just too big to ignore. And we can either pay a price now or we can pay a much bigger price later. Now, there is some segment of those climate scientists who say, oh, yeah, climate change is a real thing. Global warming is happening. It's primarily caused by man. But we've probably already passed the point of no return. Like, we can't fix this. Yeah, so anything we do to make our lives more miserable, it's just too late. We're going to go off the edge. Is the world going to catch on fire and blow up? Probably not, but... Not at once. Millions, maybe tens of millions of deaths, uh, coastal regions being unlivable uh, with the extreme heat. Some of the places that people live now, uninhabitable over the course of the next 100 years. So the the price of not dealing with it is going to be much heavier. What do you think when I tell you things like, oh, well, people my age, a lot of them don't want to have kids. And then you ask me, well, why? And I say, well, a lot of people, one, they want to save their money and, and spend it on themselves. Two, they don't want to bring children into this world. They don't want them to have to, because if, if it is true that we really, you know, can't turn this ship around, then why would we even, why, why would I you even want have, your kids Why would to I be subject my child yeah. to that? And what did you tell me that? What'd I think say? most of the, the 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 worst effects, the brunt of global climate change over the next 50 years and 70, you know, to 100 years is going to be borne by the poorest countries. Right. So it's countries. You, you, you said, yeah, okay, you, it's going to affect us, but it's really going to affect the it's poorest. It's really going to affect sub-Saharan Africa, and it's really going to affect South America, places where there are a lot of, of poor folks are going to be hit harder and... You're going to see climate-related deaths really, really hit hard. I mean, if you don't want to have kids, you don't have to have kids. But Do you think it's a weird uh, thing to, to blame? Well, I would say, how, how do you know that 
you're not going to meet some lovely person and together you're going to have a kid and that kid's going to be the one who comes up with the solution. Nah, he's not that smart. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I know he's not going to be that smart. <laughs> uh, anyway, President Biden also talked a little bit about the, here's where he goes wrong in in what I think is when he st- as soon as he starts, let me tell you a story about. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you say he's just like old man Homer? <laughs> they need no. They need to show him uh, a Simpsons episode with Grandpa Simpson. I remember the walls used to- and showing that it's like Joe. When you start doing this, this is this is how you sound to people. You're you're better off sticking to the talk. Oh, things. hey, breaking news! Yeah, Biden, Biden test positive for COVID. Huh. Very mild symptoms. I created a mashup of uh, Biden's speech yesterday with another great American president, a fictional president, but a great president nonetheless. Look what's happening. I give you my word as president. We're going to make environments where people live safe. Who fix the problems with all the dead crops? He's going to make them grow again. We're going to make the, clean, the air safer. I really mean it. Give him my word. We have an opportunity. He's going to fix the dust stones. We're going to get many more good paying jobs. He's going to fix it. President Camacho stood before the world and promised everyone that Joe would solve all their problems. He would not only end the Dust Bowl and heal the economy, but he would cure acne and car sickness as well. There's so much malarkey. And if he didn't, President Camacho made another promise. He would kick Joe's smart balls all the way up to the roof of his smart mouth. You're a lying dog-faced pony shoulder. And then he would throw his brainy ass back in jail. What a stupid son of a bitch. The local guys. The morning show that's live. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo at 4001 Dyer. That's the corner of Dyer and Monroe. And we're going to be out there live. KLAQ is this Saturday from 6 to 8 in the evening. Woo! Get your next body art. Uh, also free rock CD giveaways from KLAQ. There'll be additional giveaways from Dreadful Things. What is that, Joanna? That sounds like a shop that would be right up your alley. Do you know what that? Yeah, it's like a little oddities shop. Like little little bird skeletons and top hats, I imagine. Am I right? Actually, exactly. I I go to a lot of different Etsy shops. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can buy them locally here, Buzz. At Dreadful Things, huh? You can also sign up to win free haircuts from Vintage Barbershop. That is uh, 6 to 8 at Pumping Ink Tattoo, corner of Dyer and Monroe. I think they also have, like, curios in jars, too, like like oh, specimens. Yeah, they, do. <laughs> they do. Yeah, it's one of those jobs. Uh, <laughs> like, ca- cabinet of curiosity yes, type of exactly. stuff. Yes, exactly. I think that stuff is cool. Joanna, you like that stuff, don't yeah, you? Yeah, let's go check it out. Yeah, one of these days I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy you, like, a... A squirrel skeleton posed. <laughs> and I would love it. You would, right. Yes. That's how you're going to propose to <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah, that's right. With an onion ring. <laughs> so uh, we're ca- going to talk to a uh, guest today. This is Abby Hopper, who is a volunteer coordinator. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> uh, 
Abby is a volunteer coordinator for CASA. Uh, for years, some of the money that we raise through Million Coins for Kids goes to mm-hmm. CASA. That's so correct. we're very proud whenever we can uh, talk to one of our Million Coins for Kids uh, charities. Hi, Abby. Hi, good morning. Uh, let's tell people what CASA is. I think a lot of people hear CASA and they think it's probably the car dealer, right, but it's not. Right, they get asked mm-hmm. if I sell cars. And I'm like, you're in the wrong spot. <laughs> All right, so what is what CASA stands for something. Yes, sir, it does. So it stands for Court Appointed Special Advocate. So we're a local nonprofit organization. Um, We're part of a state and national program as well. Um, So pretty much what our advocates do, they work with abused and neglected children in the court system. Um, So when children are removed from their homes due to abuse or neglect, uh, the judge will appoint one of our volunteers, ACASA, to be that child's advocate. Um, so that that volunteer helps determine what's in the best interest of uh, for the child. Uh, we're an objective party. Uh, the CASA functions as the child's voice as they go through the court system. Um, so the CASA volunteer, they get to know the child. They offer a consistent, stable presence in the child's life during a, a very difficult time and a very scary time, yeah, too. Yeah, right. Because, uh, you know, as upsetting as this could be for an adult, just imagine your kid. Right. You know, and, and you're caught and, up in something like this, and you need somebody on your side. Yeah, and, and a lot of our kiddos, um, you know, they think it's their fault that they did something wrong. Um, and then now they're in a home with, you know, maybe they're in a non-relative foster home. Uh, they don't know anybody. And a lot of our kiddos, unfortunately, um, in El Paso, there's a shortage in foster homes. So our kids get sent to Houston, Dallas, San Antonio. So imagine not only being removed from your parents or your primary caregiver, um, now you're in a completely new city. You know nobody. You're in a new school. You don't know your teacher. You don't ha- have any friends there. And now you're living with, um, you know, assuming two foster parents uh, that you have no connection to. Why, why, why wouldn't the foster parents uh, take on the role of uh, advocating for the kid? Well, the foster parents can advocate for the kids, but we're separate entities. So um, usually the foster placement is licensed through Child Protective Services. So they work... Um, in conjunction with CPS and they're licensed through CPS. They have to follow CPS's policies and procedures. CASA, we're a different organization. We work closely with CPS in the foster home because we're going to visit the child once a month. Um, We're getting updates from the foster placement on the child's educational uh, standings, medical needs, maybe therapeutic needs, even medication. what if somebody's uh, listening to this, Abby, and they're saying, I, I would love to help a kid, but I don't have, I don't know my way around a courtroom. I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a social worker. Well, that's a, yeah, that's perfectly fine. Uh, we don't require any special education or background in this. Um, all we really require is that you participate in our training program and that you have the desire to help abused and neglected children find a safe and permanent home. Um, our training, we have a trainer on staff and she she's wonderful. Um, training is about 32 hours of pre-service training and it's over the span of one month. Uh, COVID kind of changed some things. So Tell us about the effect COVID has had on what CASA does? So even from a training standpoint, we do now like a hybrid training where we have four trainings um, in person with our trainer on staff. And then we do four online e-learning. You know, everything's e-learning nowadays. So we try to make it as uh, simple and convenient for people who do want to volunteer because um, I get the answer a lot that, well, I work full time and and. I would say at least half of our volunteers work full-time as well. Uh, We do our best to make it accommodating to your schedule. Um, 
so that's why we offer in person and e-learning as well would would the volunteer the person is the the volunteer they would be required to go to any court proceedings that yes. happen? Yes, so okay. we are we are uh, part of uh, the legal party. So we work closely with the attorney for the children. Uh, we work closely with the attorneys for the parents. Our judges here, uh, we work with the 65th District Court, um, and they really appreciate our work. They want to hear from our CASAs. Um, nine times out of ten, if they don't already know where CASA stands, they're asking, CASA, what's your recommendation for the court? What's been your experience uh, working with the child? What does the child want? I mean, that's our role. We're the child's voice in court. Uh, a child might open up a lot more one-on-one than they would in a courtroom. I mean, right? God, yeah. I I mean, anytime adults you're in a courtroom nervous. setting, you, right, you, you, you don't know what to say, and right. you're very careful, you know, uh, but if you're one-on-one with somebody, you could really get to right, know the child. Right, and, and um, you know, our best practice is we go in and our approach is to be, you know, that child's advocate and someone that they can talk to. They've got their CPS worker coming in asking them questions, their attorney coming in to ask them questions. We're that party that's coming in that, um, you know, we're just trying to see how their day is going, what their needs are. Instead of answering questions the entire time, we want to know, you know, what questions do you have? Um, was there anything that we can do to help you and that you're heard and that your wants and your needs are valid and we're that person in, in court going to bat for you? Are uh, Okay, so is a big part of what uh, you're trying to do uh, figure out how these kids, who's going to be the primary caretaker? Right, yes. Um, so the, the main goal, um, and it's the main goal for every case, um, it, our physical neglect cases, um, our neglect, physical abuse, um, regardless of the reason why the child was removed, uh, the main goal is family reunification. Kiddos want to go back to their parents. Um, and there's a lot of studies behind that that shows that it doesn't matter what happened. You know, kids want to be with their parents. They want to be with their family. Is that always best for the child, though? No, and it's not always best for the child. And that's another role that CASA comes in and helps to explain that to the child. Um, you know, maybe all that they've known is that it's okay uh, to be physically abused. That's That's their whole life that's all they've ever known or or maybe neglect that they've only been eating barely one meal every couple of days that's the only life that they've known mm-hmm. um so they may not know that they that may not know any unusual. better right um and so that's another role that casa takes on is explaining that to the kiddos uh what would be uh, a, an estimate of your time commitment maybe per week per week so um our I would say our best per month would be 15 to 20 hours. 15, 20 hours per month. Per month. Okay. Uh, and so that's including we go and visit the child once every month in person if that child's in El Paso. I know I had mentioned that we have kiddos in Dallas and San Antonio. We El Paso kids in Dallas and San Antonio. Right. You probably have CASA organizations in those cities. Well, we have what we call traveling CASAs through CASA of El Paso. And so we send those CASAs to go and visit those kiddos that aren't located here in El Paso. But if you're assigned to a case that the child is here in El Paso, you're going to see that child every month, once a month. So that 15 to 20 hours includes the drive time to go see your child. Do you see the child in their school, in their foster home, or wherever they're residing? Um, Mainly in their foster home. Uh, We're not CPS. We're not there to investigate. 
Um, unfortunately, abuse and neglect can happen even in the, a foster placement. Um, so we go to the foster placement to make sure that the child is safe, that they're in a safe placement, um, that there's no issues uh, to talk to the child, um, you know, one-on-one in a, in a more personal setting. Um, I don't know if you have any kiddos, but, you know, a child in the morning is a lot different than a child at night. And yeah. a child at school is very different than a child at, at home. Um, um, so not only do we mainly go and see the child at the foster placement, we also go and visit at the schools. Um, we talk to their teachers, see what, see if there's something that we can advocate for. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of our kiddos who have been neglected and abused, they're not enrolled in school. They haven't been in school. Um, so they're behind and they're struggling. And then now, um, once they go into the system of foster care and because they're in school, if the school year is going on. I right. Assume, right. Yes, sir. And if they're school age, of course, because we serve newborn all the way to 18 years old. Um, So, you know, maybe they haven't been enrolled in school and this is their, you know, they've been out for a couple of months, so they're behind academically. Um, And then you see a lot of behavior issues. They get frustrated, right? If you're behind compared to everybody else in the classroom, that's a frustrating feeling. Um, So a lot of our kiddos, we deal with the behavioral issues as well. Um, But we're there to advocate for them. We're there to explain, uh, you know, to the teacher that, you know, this is the kind of the situation that's going on. Um, this, what can we do to help? Is there any extra tutoring classes that we can get them in? Any special education services? I mean, you name it. We're trying to help out the child. What are what are some of the main qualities or characteristics that make a great CASA volunteer? Um, I think servant leaders. Um, we're always looking for people with that leadership mentality um, because going to court and standing in before a judge is scary. I mean. It doesn't matter how nice the judge is, right? They're still a judge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so going before a judge and standing up, a lot of people, fortunately, haven't had that experience. Um, so I would say servant leaders, those who are looking to help others, um, you know, they're sacrificing their Probably time. Probably helps if you relate well to kids. Right, you know? yeah. Some um, people really, really are good with kids. Right, And but I have some people that come through that, you know, they don't have experience with working with abused and neglected children and they and they think that um, hinders them in a sense. And I always say, that I don't think that's the case. I think it's good to have a fresh perspective. Um, you, you know, you especially- You probably need a lot of bilingual volunteers, I would guess. Especially in El Paso. Yeah. Yes, we greatly appreciate our bilingual. bilingual. Are, are you based in El Paso, Abby? We are. Our okay. office is located downtown at the Wells Fargo Plaza building. Um, we're on the 15th floor, suite 1501. So if you ever want to stop by and say hi, feel uh, free I to get, do so. I get nosebleeds if I go up oh, five Too high? Yes. <laughs> from a small town. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> How about people who are listening who are like, I listen, I think the mission that Cass is doing is really great. Although I can't commit to the time, commit to the time, right. I would love to write a check or make some kind of yeah. donation. Yeah, that's that's uh, another great way to be impactful with our organization. Um, we're always accepting donations. I mean, year round, we have um, our main gala that usually happens in March. Uh, people can donate then, um, but you can go to our website at org, and at the very top right, you'll see there's a button to apply if you're interested in becoming a volunteer, or there's a button to donate. As well, um, you click on the button to donate, and it, it walks you through the steps. 
And if somebody clicks on to volunteer, they could expect to hear from somebody from Casa pretty you're much gonna immediately. Hear from me. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're going to hear from Abby. Yes, right, yes, so. sir. So if you've enjoyed hearing Abby's voice for the past <laughs> few minutes, volunteer for Casa and yes, you'll get sir. a call from Abby and she'll set you uh-huh. up. Right. Okay. Thank you, Abby, for dropping by. Again, give me the uh, website information for Casa of El Paso. Um, it's www.casaofelpaso.org. And our office number, too, is 915-225-5214. All right. Thanks, Abby. Yes, sir. Thank you. Let's take a break. We'll come back and more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is headed your way right after this. I'm Daniel Paulus, and whether you're wrapping up your workday on the ride home or running errands, El Paso's best rock will make the afternoon a rockin' one with 95.5 KLAQ. If opening your monthly energy bill has you saying, what? What? It's time to go solar with SunWatt. SunWatt is a local company. They sell solar panels and install them. Make sure your home runs on the energy provided. What better place to harness the power of the sun than the Sun City? Their products come with a 25-year production warranty. It's renewable energy. All you have to do is harness it, and you can do that by getting in touch with SunWatt Energy. 915-300-0411. That's 300-0411. Or visit wattener.com. W-A-T-T-E-N-E-R.com. The Buzz Adams Morning Show, Monday through Friday, 5 to 10. KLEQ and KLEQ HD1, El Paso, a town square media station. No matter how hot it is in El Paso, and trust me, if you've never lived in East Texas or the South or the... the uh, you may not know this, but the, one of the best things about living in El Paso, no matter how hot it is in the day, it cools off at night, thank God. And it is always cool for Cool Canyon Nights. West Star presents our free summer concert series every Thursday night, including tonight at McKelligan Canyon Amphitheater. Tonight on the main West Star Amphitheater stage, Tribes, an original rock mariachi group. That's right, a rock mariachi group. They also do some uh, rock covers. They're going to be on the main stage. Dave Hamilton out on the El Paso Community College patio stage. And that starts at 6 o'clock. Tribes goes on at 7. As always, these are free concerts. There's no there's no cover fee to attend. There are a lot of food trucks and beverages there, though. West Star presents Cool Canyon Nights. You can find out who else is coming this summer on the must-read bar of KLAQ.com, the KLAQ mobile app. Special thanks to some of our other key sponsors, White Claw, Charlie Clark Nissan, Coca-Cola SWB, and Twin Peaks. Got a uh, neckline call, and then I wanted to bring up uh, an interesting case of a woman in Plano who is like seven months pregnant, like visibly pregnant. Okay. All right. And she's saying... I should not have to pay this ticket for driving in the HOV lane. HOV is high occupancy vehicle. It's not very high, though. You just have to have two, two. people. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. It sounds like, yo, every seat's taken. But no, it just has to be two people. And she's saying, I got one in my belly. I got Right. It's me and the baby. Huh. Why should I have to pay for a ticket? Interesting. Here is a uh, neckline call that came in when we were talking about uh, global warming. The president was talking about climate change. I, was it? Why did they? 
did it seem like a few years ago they they switched instead of global warming they're just calling it climate change I wonder if that was a, well because why w- was that? But because when people talk about global warming and then there would be periods of cold, right? They'd be like, "Well, obviously well, that's not, not real." Global warming. Well, the global warming model does predict extreme weather conditions, including but from, a disruption of from the gradual increase in temperature. And we're talking about, I think, less than a degree Celsius. You think they they got away from global warming just because every time there's a blizzard, people would say, global yeah. warming, yes. my eye. Yes, that's exactly what my grandpa and my grandma say all the time. They're like, well, it was really I cold. I just spent an hour and a half shoveling a bunch of global warming right. off of my driveway. <laughs> so they, they move the, the term to climate change because they're talking about how our our climate is in an era of development and and change. Yeah. On the global warming and climate change, isn't it weird that we're on a planet that's like a rotisserie around the sun, and then we're surprised that that we're that we're getting hotter and hotter as a planet, but we're being cooked. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you're not wrong, but but in the sense, we're kind of lucky that we live in just the right. They're called Goldilocks zones. Okay. If we were much closer, it would be way too hot. If we were very much further away, it'd maybe be too, too cold. cold. Yeah. So a lot of scientists, when they're looking for habitable planets or planets Look that might have... The Goldi- they, they zero in on the Goldilocks. The rate. So they're looking at planets in other galaxies that are right, or around other star systems that are just the right distance away from their sun to have the right temperature like we do. So we're kind of lucky in that sense. But it also shows how delicate and sensitive... We are. I mean, the, it's a precari- precarious situation because you're right. We're like a rotisserie chicken. Any closer <laughs> <laughs> to the sun and we're getting cooked. Uh, here's a story about uh, the lady I was telling you about who got a ticket for driving in an HOV lane near Dallas. When Brandy Batone was driving down Central Expressway, she came across a sheriff's checkpoint targeting drivers, breaking the rules. He starts peeking around. He's like, is it just you? And I said, no, there's two of us. And he's like, well, where's the other person? And I went right here. Batone is 34 weeks pregnant. But the officer told her that doesn't count. And I said, well, not trying to throw a political mix here, but with everything going on, this counts as a baby. (laughs) (laughs) This counts as a baby. So you can't have it both ways, Texas. Let me ask you this, though, because I don't know the rules. But if I had like an infant in a car seat, would that count as an HO? Could I count that as an HOV? I assume. Okay. I assume, yeah. So she's just saying, well, same thing. It's just not out of the belly yet. It's a person. It's a person. He's just not there in the car seat next to me. Right. And he kind of waved me off. Batone got a $275 ticket. Different judges might treat this differently. This is this is uncharted territory we're in now. I Legal experts say it's an interesting discussion, especially in light of the recent Supreme Court ruling on abortion rights. Yeah, if the point is, oh, that is a that is a human. Mm-hmm. That's a human life. Shouldn't it count as your passenger in yeah. the HOV lane? He's in the most secure car seat possible. My belly. Oh, I wonder if they could then write you a ticket for not having, having a seatbelt on. Having a seatbelt on the baby. <laughs> it has a seatbelt. It's called the umbilical cord. <laughs> right. uh, 
so this this woman Brandy Batone cited the striking down of Roe v. Wade as proof that her the baby in her tummy should be considered a person. <laughs> and I mean, she shouldn't have to pay a, the traffic ticket. It is an interesting point. I mean, this is how laws get challenged and then upheld or, or not upheld. Is sometimes somebody which just, is it going to be Texas, right? And sometimes somebody takes the bullet and says, I'm going to be the person that brings this to the court. So it may sound silly, but who knows what the, the, the outcome will be. You know what? Uh, uh, this, the, the debate over abortion has been one of the biggest and most divisive. I mean, you've got people who are super passionate on both sides. I mean, people who... I mean, even in this, yeah. even in this room. Yeah. Right. And I think a big part of why it's impossible to agree on is nobody has, and I'm not sure it's possible to define a human life. When does it start? I mean, the Catholic Church says it starts at the moment of conception. So, you know, that's what they go with. When it's, you know, the sperm cell meets the egg, that's a person. But I don't, but, but as a, other than, you know, a religious teaching scientifically, that would be helpful if somebody would say this is the point when a baby, an unborn baby, be helpful, becomes, yeah. a, becomes a, a human person. But it's, again, like you said, it's not that easy. And, and second of all, women, I mean, w- women have eggs, right? And <laughs> yes. they, I mean, every month get rid of one, Right. It releases. It re- yes. I'm talking about. I'm trying to ask Buzz if he understands oh. this at this point. <laughs> okay, but that's not a magic egg because it hasn't it's been fertilized, fertilized by yes. sperm. But the second that it is, it's still the same size as the egg before it. It's microscopic. It's microscopic, like the as as big as smaller than the period on the end of the sentence. Right. right. So, is it that moment when they touch <laughs> that you start to say, "Well, I guess it's no different than a monthly." I mean, I'm not a Catholic. And I do believe that somebody should have some individual rights at some point. You know, it seems arbitrary if you were to say, oh, this this baby would have been born. Let's the just the say horror this. story you get from people who are anti-abortion is the idea that babies who are fully viable right. and are partially, you know, and th- these babies absolutely would have been born healthy if not for a last second decision to abort. I mean, that's kind of the horror. And, and it, it, I recoil in horror at the thought of that. And, and you, uh, you are, I would say, proudly pro-life. Yeah, but I... Like I say, I'm not a Catholic, and I it just doesn't feel true that the moment the egg is fertilized, that that's a fully formed human being. Right. It's just hard to believe without brain cells and without a, you know, all the different things that go into it. I think that there is some point though that that happens, and I haven't heard a definitive well, you could go scientific to, opinion on. Well, one, there is no science that can say, oh, this is life now. I mean, I mean, you can say, oh, uh, in the development really of this embryo, into, it's it turns into philosophy. Yeah. Exactly. As soon as you start discussing it, it's like, well, this this baby does have, uh, you know, the beginnings of a brainstem. Does that count? Right. He still has a tail, but yeah, right. it's the beginning of a heart. He looks kind of like a chickpea at this point. Yeah. In another six weeks, he'll look like a shrimp. Right. But, but at what the, point the, is... The, and the I'm fetal not, heartbeat, look, too. I'm, I might come off as a little lighthearted, but I, I realize how passionate people feel about this. And yeah. I think everybody would, would be happy if... You know, God would step down from heaven and say, at this point, this is when it's a murder. (laughs) I mean, look at it this way. If you are a drunk driver and you collide and you kill 
a pregnant woman and her fetus, you're going to get charged with two. Right. They're going to treat the unborn child as a person, and you've just deprived that person of their life. Now, what if that life. woman was on her way to the abortion clinic? Right. See? See? That's a crazy... crazy it, it gets it crazy. Get. Yeah. And a lot of the argument from the from the pro-abortion side... First of all, there yeah, is no pro-abortion. Nobody's like, kill it's everybody. It's pro-abortion. It's yeah. pro-choice. Know. You know there what? Is. I would have said 10 years ago, you're right, but this most recent round, the people are... Nobody's saying like our no, abort all the babies. Ab- no, nobody wants to abort babies. People want to have the choice. And it really comes down to that because you don't know what it's like. But neither do I. But as men, we don't know what it's like to be carrying something. And I can imagine some teenage girl. Like, I can imagine some pregnant teenage girl that was like, I don't want this. I never. This is the. I, I didn't even expect this to happen. And you and me will never have that feeling. We'll never be like, oh, we didn't expect this to happen to our inside, to our insides. Yeah, but I can understand the value sure. of human life and the, the sanctity of, <laughs> I, I hate of to course. use a religious course, word like but, sanctity, but, but it's true. You got to respect a life. And if something's alive, it, is but, it really? And first of all, do you know what it's like to have something living growing in you? No. I've had worms. But it would feel just like that, and you would be like, no, no, "Where's I, the I really don't oh like. I really don't like the comparison of a fetus to a parasite." Well, what I'm saying is, it one is, <laughs> it is like that. All Two, right. we don't know what it's like to live, grow something in us. So, as a woman, to be forced to carry that out, I can see how they'd be like, "Why would you make me do this? This is my, this is my body. I mean, this is my body." Well, one of the arguments I hear is. Oh well, the you know when the baby's not viable, it couldn't right. live outside the womb. Right. But if you were to creep into somebody who'd been in a coma for twenty years, and they had you know they were on a breathing tube and they had to be fed, uh, they can't do anything for themselves. If you were to walk in and and smother that person, you're getting charged with murder, regardless of the fact yep. that that person wasn't viable but on their own. You're getting charged if, with murder. What if that person? But a lot of people have advanced directives where they say, "When I am not viable, please pull the cord." Now I understand that fetuses can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah, but it's definitely not unheard of. I'm just saying to pull the cord. It does seem like we want to have it both ways. We want to say, if you were negligent, if you killed somebody who had a fetus. That's two murders. If you go in and uh, kill somebody who's basically incapable of caring for themselves, it's not like you get charged with a lesser crime because they're not a full, you know, they're. I mean, I could easily flip this on you and say uh, Christians believe in the sanctity of life when it comes to unborn fetuses, but not when it comes to death row inmates. Uh, the Catholics, I think, are pretty consistent on that because the Catholics are. are I will well, give them this. Is not They're just very, a Catholic issue. One. I know, but it's a it's a thing that they're really hardcore on, and they are also many of the priests that are out leading candlelight vigils for executions uh, do so on the same basis. Right. Uh, that's a human but life. What you I'm don't saying have is, right a lot of people on the right or people who are pro life would say, are, "Yeah, sanctity of life." What about death row inmates? No, no, no. They don't get sanctity of life. Well, they're not innocent. I think is how they would respond to that. They have done something that is deserving. They're the same people who would criminalize an abortion, but not criminalize the death penalty. That are all for giving more people the death penalty, probably. As much as you would say, well, what if we pulled somebody's cord at the end and they didn't want to? I mean, 
it is very complicated. But I, I actually appreciate your point of view because of you know, it's kind of an informed pro-life position. I mean, you have life experiences which say, you know, I could have ended up like that person if I wasn't adopted, you know? You could have ended up not being born. Yeah, and think of what a poor world, world we would all live in. <laughs> think of how deprived our world would be. Oh, my God. All right, you win. You win. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a break. We're going to come back. We've got more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show on the way right after this. This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show. We'll be back. We planned on doing this earlier, but we can still go ahead and do the Urban Dictionary game for today. Ooh. With a twist. Mm-hmm. The twist is that Joanna normally... Is the MC for the Urban Dictionary game, <clears throat> but today Nico's going to do it. All right, so we, we get to play the Urban Dictionary game, Joanna. How fun! Uh, we'll get to this coming up in just a couple of minutes. You still have a neckline call? I think I played it. Okay. <laughs> it was the one about uh, global warming and the fact that the ball that the. Uh, the earth goes around the sun like we're being rotisserie grilled <laughs> constantly. No, I thought somebody had called in about our, uh, you know, pro-choice. Oh, yeah, it's long. Pro-life. Uh, long okay. Call. <laughs> that was an interesting call, but it was pretty long. Uh, television uh, tonight, more primetime capital salt hearings on the network. CBS, ABC, NBC starts 6 o'clock El Paso time. And over on FX on Hulu, the second season premiere of American Horror Stories. Oh, this season looks good. You know when I, I, this is how a show can work its way out of my rotation. That season where they had two different things going on, and one of them had mm-hmm. to do with aliens back in the fifties, the Roswell storyline. That uh, was American Horror Story. Yeah, this is American this is Horror Stories. stories. But there was something about that. I, did you watch the first season? Yes. And were they good? Yeah, it was good. Oh, okay. But each each episode is a standalone episode? Um, I think or it's... Or mostly. Mostly. Uh, Eddie Vedder lost his voice, and they had to cancel a show. Oh, oh no. Know. The reason they gave for Eddie Vedder losing his voice was heat, dust, and smoke at a Paris show. They are having an unprecedented heat wave in Europe. Where's the the smoke smoke, from? Just all those French people in berets smoking (laughs) cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't look like they're... they're, uh, We are French. We have not not heard this uh, research about this Yes, the twirling of your thin mustache (laughs) helps. So Pearl Jam had to cancel their next gig in Vienna. Uh, In a recent poll, only 37% of Americans said life is better now than it was 50 years ago. Uh, Agree or disagree? Life is better now than it was 50 years ago. What was 50 years ago? 72. Wait, are you asking? Yeah, I'm asking you. Yeah, life is way better. 
I've only lived it in seems this like life, a no, so I guess yes. It seems like a no-brainer to me that life was better. Or life is better. Yeah. Go back to 1972. You were there in the 70s. Yeah, I don't really remember 72 much, but <clears throat> you had three TV channels. You better like Macmillan and Wife because it was going to be on every week. You only got to see cartoons one day out of the week. You couldn't find sushi. <laughs> yeah, sushi wasn't a thing <laughs> that, that I'd ever heard of. Nico's concerned. Yeah. But, Where was the sushi? Yeah, where's the food? Uh, some people have been putting together lists of things that... If you wanted Indian food, they would point you to a casino or something. <gasps> there was no hot there, Cheetos. There were no casinos. People are pointing to various items that have that make 2022 much better to live in than 1972. Uh, visiting distant loved ones. You know, the idea that you can have a face-to-face with your grandma who may live in another country. Right. Uh, infant mortality. Yeah, know? huge. I mean, you can pretty much have a child uh, in America and feel pretty safe about it. Right. Uh, house fires really don't happen. Actually, that is such a big deal. And uh, I'll point this house just because... You don't I, think about it, but it's like you were much more likely for your house to catch on fire and lose everything and maybe maybe be killed. All structures, actually. All since, structures, since not just houses. building materials have become way less flammable since fire codes have been developed. Um, after they, They've moved out, well, moved away from asbestos. Uh, yep, absolutely. But so the fire department and in uh, El Paso, the fire department and the uh, ambulance service is integrated. So it's one thing. Do you know the majority of the calls for the fire department? I'd say like 90% of the calls. For the fire department? Yeah. Health? Yeah, like medical. Heart attack? It's medical. Strokes? Yeah. It's medical. Yeah. There's only 10% like fire calls. And, and whether that's also like checking um, fire alarms and codes and things like that. So that just from the activity of the firemen, they're, they're putting out way less fires than 1970. So just all there are all kinds of things you just don't think about. You only, people have the tendency to remember the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and forget the bad stuff. All right. You ready for the Urban Dictionary game? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Do I have that under... I must have that under contest. Yeah, I do. Here we go. That's because my all gross. By the one way. of my machines over here conked out. But <laughs> Joanna, what's the biggest challenge in coming up with words to use in the Urban Dictionary game? Finding a clean one, R- or right. one that one that you can kind of get away with saying on air. I mean, clean. 
They're all going to be gross. They're, they're all going to be gross, but some of them you just, there's no way you can describe oh, yeah, them on for the sure, radio. Without getting in trouble. All right. So Nico's <laughs> going to give us a word from oh the my Urban God. Dictionary. I'm yeah. going to play. I'm so excited. Yeah, right. Get ready to write down your answer. All right. I got my pen ready. For the Urban Dictionary Word of the Day. Today's Urban Dictionary Word of the Day is mm-hmm. meeking. Meeking. Can I get a spelling? You can. Meeking. M-E-E-K-I-N-G. Meeking. Would you say this is going to be a word that people, that some people out there are like, oh, I know what that is, or hardly anybody knows what this is? I don't even know what this is. I don't know what it is. And I have the answer in front of me. Have you heard it be used in everyday language? I have not, but... Uh, like when I, I heard my nephew say himbo. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I don't have nephews aren't anybody younger than me to to try this out okay. on. Although when I did look it up on Instagram, there was a bunch of hashtags about it. Oh, okay. Meeking. All right, I've got an answer. All here. right. Okay. Yeah, I think I have an answer too. All right, Joanna, let's go with you first. Okay. You know how meek usually means like quiet and whatnot. I do. I think that there this one is being weaponized, <laughs> and it's kind of like the cold shoulder. And so they're like, ah, oh, my girl's meeking me. Oh, okay, like purposely giving them the cold shoulder, and like making it known, like but you're I'm going not with talking to you. The word meek. Yes. And so, who's the meek one in this? The like the guy or the girl? The girl. Okay. Like the quiet, calm yeah, storm. Yeah, meek. You're meeking. All right. Me here's now. my mm-hmm. here's my guess at the definition okay. for meeking. When you're not somebody's sidekick. You're the sidekick of the sidekick. And this is based on Thor. <laughs> okay. So Korg is the big rock guy. <laughs> Hang on a second. Okay. This is kind of hard for me to work out. I'm still trying to sort this all out in my head. So Korg okay. is Thor's sidekick. He is, yeah. Well, Korg has a sidekick called Meek. Meek! Oh. So when you're meeking, you're being the sidekick wow. sidekick. So it's like if a guy went out and he had a wingman, you're the wingman's wingman. So would I be your... Or are you Thor no. in this situation? I'm Thor. And I'm Korg. <laughs> if you started... If you had somebody hanging out with you... All the time. If you started bringing around a comic just to hang out on the show and laugh at everything you said, whether it was funny or not. You would be the Korg in that situation. You're Korging and he's meeking. Yes. And he's I, meeking. of course, am Thoring. <laughs> I, I would love to find a meek. Is that a great definition that is or what? A good one. Right. Hey man. Oh man, Meek's dead, bro. All right. <laughs> Let's go out. I want to. I want to go out to the bar. Maybe we'll meet some honeys. You want to come with me? Yeah, but my cousin's in town. Do you mind if he comes? He's, yeah, he can meek along. Yeah, he can meek along. <laughs> man, my cousin's been meeking me all day. Uh, oh my god. Let's see if anybody's right. Are they, are we? No. Oh, Nobody is right that. on this Poor one. Although, both of yours very convincing. Answers, right. uh, Joanna. The more I was getting into it, the more I was like, I, I got it this time. Yeah, you've got the meek. Dude, you had such a good example. Unfortunately, no. Meeking refers to a type of hairstyle similar to woofing. I, <laughs> what is woofing? I didn't want to look that one up. <laughs> similar to woofing, where you keep your hair in a protective style for prolonged periods of time and apply castor oil daily. 
to the strained hair to promote rapid hair growth for men usually. Meeking. And you've never heard of that? I might want to start it. Wait, wait, wait. So I, I'm not understanding. Meeking is where you'd put castor oil on your hair and gel it back. I do that on the weekends. Yep. You put castor oil on it? Yes, to help promote growth. Right. Uh, I'm keeping my hair in two strands these days. <laughs> Gee, it's meeking season. What? I need to grow my hair. Aw, oh, man. I like Buzz's better. I like better. mine better, too. <laughs> I'm with you. Yesterday, uh, in his speech about the climate, Joe Biden uh, announced that he had cancer, or at least that's what people took away from it. Uh, he was talking about the effects of uh, coal plants and other kinds of, uh, you know, things that put out a lot of pollution. And My mother drove us, and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening? You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. So he said that and everybody's like, is, <gasps> what? is Joe Biden Wait. announcing that he has cancer? I guess he's referring to he had some uh, skin cancer. Some he skin had a melanoma. Cancer, melanoma removed yeah. and, and that's part of the public record, hmm. right? Yes. And why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. Uh, Biden didn't really do anything that uh, climate activists want him to do, but he hinted kind of that he might. And it took me about 20 minutes to put this together. So I'm going to play it again, even though I played it like an hour ago. I, I got to play it again. Look what's happening. I give you my word as president. We're going to make environments where people live safe. The problems with all the dead crops. He's going to make them grow again. We have an opportunity. He's going to fix the dust stones. We're going to be able to create as many of the more good paying jobs. President Camacho stood before the world and promised everyone that Joe would solve all their problems. <laughs> He would not only end the Dust Bowl and heal the economy, <laughs> but he would cure acne and car sickness as That's well. so much malarkey. And if he didn't, President Camacho made another promise. He would kick Joe's smart balls all the way up to the roof of his smart mouth. You're a line dog face pony shoulder. And then he would throw his brainy ass back in jail. What a stupid son of a bitch. That's the show for today. The Buzz Adams Morning Show will be back tomorrow at 6 a.m. I'll see you tomorrow.